Why stop at just a few kids when you can probably have like, I don't know, like 20 more. You're listening to Plygonometry. This is a family podcast where each week I sit down with a member of my giantly massive and huge family and we talk about what it's like breaking the laws of cohabitation. What's up, dudes? What's up, babes? What's up, dude, babes? And what's up, babe, dudes? I am so glad you guys are listening as always. And I tell you what, man, I am so excited for the next few months of this podcast because I went down to Utah and I made out like a goddamn banned it with content, dude. I went down, it was about four and a half days ish. And I was just going full tilt. I was going pedal to the goddamn metal with recording with people. And I tell you what, man, it was so dope. My family is so amazing. I just want to say that first before I get started into this introduction. Okay. My family is the best. They're the best. I got to sit down and sit with people who are just so busy (laughs) and they were able to just be like, yeah, I'll sit with you for an hour and just chat about whatever the fuck. And it was amazing, dude. And as always, guys, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, just reach out, um, start just yelling really loud or, you know, just like think about it hard enough. If you think about it hard enough and if you're like latently telepathic, like an X-Man, I might be able to hear it. I look like Professor X, Okay. I'm sitting in a chair, I'm bald as shit, and I'm Neil Patrick Stewart. <laughs> that's probably made a lot of people mad, but that's okay, dude. All right, I'm, I'm used to making people mad, and I tell you what, you're not going to get mad at this episode because this, the episode three and four, or part three and four of my Uncle Brady's episodes um, were recorded in Utah. The first two in Montana, second two in Utah, and the second two are done with my producer, my best friend, and my creative partner, good old Red Coat Crumpets, man. I am so stoked that Fraser was able to be on because he was just as excited as I was. And I tell you what, man, we did great. It's going to be so fun. And I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode that I have, not only with good old crumpets, but my Uncle Brady. Well, first of all, to even get it, so I'm... I'm working one day and I see this international number come up on my phone. I was like, no, oh, that's kind of weird. You know, I pick it up and, and uh, here's uh, the agent for Ricky Gervais calling and, mm-hmm. and asking. Uh, so Ricky would, would love to have Carl Pilkington come and spend a day as you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, and I had already watched uh, Idiot Abroad yeah. before. I was like, like, like just casually, just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I loved it. You know, I, I thought it was just a brilliant mm. show. And uh, it's fantastic. Long story short, Carl's, Carl's over and, uh, and pretending to be me for a day. And he walks up <laughs> and he is everything the show is. I mean, that show is so perfectly accurate as a reality you show. You have no idea how much that warms my heart. Because <laughs> you do doubt for a second, it, he can't be yes. that stupid. No, he is. He is. He's, he's, he really is. Like, it's a, it, none of it is a show. None of it. And, and I even, you know, I was like t- telling Chris earlier, I was like, uh, so I, I go to Carl. Like, you know, that Siberian, like, did you really... 
were you really in those rail cars with chickens mm-hmm. and people all the way across Siberia, you know, for days and days on end? And he's like, oh, yeah, Ricky Gervais is an asshole. He, he, <laughs> he, he's, he's a total ass. He really does make me go through this for his own humor. One of the best humor. things about that whole show is when Carl is just pissed off he he's he's completely out of his comfort zone and ricky just leaves him like voicemails of him giggling (laughs) 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 it's all real i mean there were so Mm. many things while he was at our house like he he has a hard time with kids he really does Mm -hmm. and i've got kids going everywhere and he's (laughs) kids galore his eyes are big he's just like he goes in and we're having dinner and he's he's kind of I remember and trying to move out of the way of the kids and spaghetti and <laughs> it was pretty funny. No, your dinner, like the dinners at your house are actually like really fun. And when I was watching that, when I was watching that episode, I've had that experience so many times, obviously, just like not only with your family, but just everywhere yeah. <laughs> and watching him get so uncomfortable at just like the, he has to, he has to queue up for spaghetti <laughs> and for family dinner. And that idea is just so funny to me of like, oh, it's not like sit down and, you know, is very polite and all oh, please pass the mashed potatoes or whatever. It's like, well, get in line, grab a plate. Cafeteria style. Yep. Yeah. That's dinner every night. It's yeah, cafeteria you ain't a big style. shot in this house anymore, pal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, because it was funny, because I, rem- like, I met, obviously I met Chris, and then we fell in love, I guess. And then um, <laughs> not long after, he dropped the, the P-bomb, like he said, which we've covered before in the podcast. But um, then... You came up, you mentioned, oh, my, my uncle had this TV show called My Five Wives. And I was like, I feel like I've seen that. And Chris was showing me some clips. And I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. I must have watched this show. I'm pretty sure my dad used to watch it, but in front of my mum to kind of be like, isn't this a nice way to live? <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, and then and then you hadn't mentioned about Carl Pilkerton at that time. And then I just happened to be watching that episode just in my free time and then you pop up and then the next day at work i'm like chris i didn't know that carl pilkington went around and he was like oh yeah no that's, uh, that's right and then i think me and you watched that episode again yeah together. yeah we did and yeah. i remember you like he- and then the whole time i was like oh, who's that who's that who's that what that one? <laughs> yeah it was a fun time it was no, good it was carl was a great uh, episode on his show it was fun to do do you maintain contact with with that side of things still or no? It's just kind of like it was a one and done thing. I haven't with Carl. Um, I yeah, I'm still fairly decent friends with. Uh, well, she's now been promoted to vice president over at Discovery Network. Okay, and uh, she's awesome, and we we text back and forth and call each other. I don't know, three four times a year maybe. Okay, cool. And then uh, oh, our cool. our director showrunner um, Paul Harrison. I stay good three or four or five times a year with him. The director of photography who is over that uh, Below Zero, Life Below Zero. Life Below Zero, yeah. Uh, Emmy award-winning cameraman, director of photography. He was over our show, Uh, Terry Pratt, and he's amazing and is a good friend. Cool. That's so rad. I I keep in contact with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. um, Now, we we know that reality shows, quote-unquote reality shows, but mm-hmm. how uh, how accurate was uh, my five wives on t- like how real was it percentage wise? If you had to say like oh it was about it was a good eighty percent all real, and then the other things we kind of had to tweak. Well, okay, so all of the footage footage is real. Like mm-hmm. that we didn't 
stage anything. No. But they obviously heavily edit for effect. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. now sometimes, and and this is where a real rub came. I don't know if we talked about this in the first episode. We did. We did. And it has the episode. Birds and the Bees episode. Yeah. We haven't released that episode yet. It'll be in a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. But so, yeah. At the time of this recording. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes there were creative editors who enhanced scenes and, and cut in other scenes to make. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about the birds and the bees episode and with my daughter, but another, like another one we're at, I think it was Rosemary's birthday or something. Someone will go back and look at the episode and say, no, I mean, it was Noni's birthday, but they cut away Polly's face doing an eye roll uh, while I'm, uh, while we're all, right. yeah, I'm giving Rosemary a happy birthday kiss where we're all blown out the candles. Oh, for I the know, birthday. I know the exact clip you're yeah, talking about. And I'm just like, you've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. And my, and Polly's just like, I did not do that. I was smiling and clapping and, but they, someone cut it in for effect. Like, yeah, cause they want people, people, they know people are going to tune in for a train wreck. Yeah. And so that's if why you're watching. If there's not a train wreck, they're going to make one. Mm-hmm. And I was pissed and mm-hmm. only a few times did they really do that where it was inaccurate, like yeah. where they dubbed in things that didn't happen that really did happen by editing. Yeah. Uh, but How most of the time was it was it? there. Just two seasons. Just two seasons. So when you went into a season, did you kind of have some sort of outline? Like, all right, in the season, we know that we're going to be doing this, or we're going to be doing this, or is it just like, this is just us living our lives, and what you catch, what you catch? Oh, roughly, like, the, the yeah. producers would sit there before the season started shooting and go, okay, what's going on the next six months? Because that got was on the window. Schedule? Yeah, we have six months. We're going to be there yeah. five days a week. 11 hours a day. What's happening in the mm-hmm. six months? Well, I got an anniversary in November. Okay, let's make sure loosely okay. we're going to make that episode about Robin's anniversary. Yeah. You know, uh, things like that, along with Kimberly's birthday. And and then some other thing might just jump up, like uh, Brady's final. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, you know. Another thing that I remember um, just from being in Washington on those two episodes uh, we were all sitting around the, the fire pit and grandpa was telling one of his Bigfoot stories. Mm-hmm. And there was like this moment, I think it might've been Trey, uh, like asked a question. He's like, well, come on, grandpa, like, don't you try? Th-? And then like he asked a question, it was honest and it was cute and it was a great moment. And then right after Trey asked the question, your producer stepped in, he's like, all right, okay, cut. Uh, can you do that one more time? Just yeah. like a little bit more, just like a little bit more oomph. And then you could tell that, I think I, I, I might be wrong about if it was Trey or not, but then I remember looking at him like, he's not liking that she's interrupting him. Mm-hmm. And then he was just kind of like, grandpa, do you actually believe in Bigfoot? Uh, like <laughs> you can tell like the emotion went down. So I, the or thi- they just didn't, the sound wasn't good. Right. They yeah. Catch it. And like, Oh, can you say that again? That was yeah. so good. But yeah. we didn't catch it. Yeah. And so that, that's what I mean is, so there was some of that, but they never like, okay, hey, let's have a discussion where you ask your dad. Yeah. Sure. That, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like they wanted you to kind of like repeat reality a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that affect you? Like, was that just like, so just this, it it seems like it was one of those things where you just kind of like learned to live with it. And like, Oh, you became very used to the cameras. Yeah. Like the first couple of days, but then honestly they just disappeared. Yeah. Like, you know, I always had two to three cameras just on me the whole time. Yeah. 
Would you ever get caught out picking your nose though, and just be like, "Oh shit, they got that"? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh just... yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, you know, farts and the only time we they wanted us to turn off the audio was if you use the restroom, right? So and you take a Good. restroom break and you you click off your audio. But other than that, I was live all day long, five days a week. 11 hours a day. Five days. So what, do you still have weekends off or is like we're not filming? Uh, usually we had Sunday, Monday off, I think is what it was. And they would oh, okay. film uh, Tuesday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. so. Have you thought about, I don't know, maybe in a few more years doing a, a reunion one or a movie? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been offered uh, other shows and... Uh, and my kids have been offered shows and stuff like that. What, their own spinoffs? Yeah, or just a, yeah, a spinoff here. Mm -hmm. There's a show. And they were desperately hoping one of my kids would get more yeah. than one wife or join Give me and Chris and three months. We will write an insane My Five Wives movie and we'll pitch it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, write it. We'll see what happens. Sure, let's do it, dude. I think, I think what, it, it, it'd probably be like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> Got, like, <laughs> assemble we, the wives. <laughs> assemble the wives, all of Brady's wives together. And you have to, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go to the writer's, writer's we'll room about it. it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. Bounce, we'll bounce some ideas. <laughs> what's the crazy guys who do all the crazy stunts? Um, jackass Jack, you know jackass meets my five wives that'd be fun oh, oh dude you imagine. know it'd be great is oh here's an idea what if you and all of your girls uh made a bucket list and the show is like you guys just doing your bucket list oh i pitched it you, you did i pitched that show really? and that i would be the producer and they loved it but it's really hard to get a show greenlit yeah like, mm -hmm. insanely difficult yeah I, I had a couple different producers um because i know different production companies now and they were like yeah. oh we love it and let's explore it and then it just didn't happen just didn't it fell by the way so with so with the initial my five wives were, were you approached or did you guys talk to someone like how did you get the show in the first place yeah so we'd been approached several times by different networks and production companies about different shows and we mm -hmm. just never did it. Never it was a good timing or it wasn't a good fit or like, you know, the, um, what's the HBO, uh, big love, big love. The producers of that wanted us to do a, uh, an after show where we would sit after every episode oh, and yeah, then you give commentary it. on it on, was that realistic? Wasn't it? You know, stuff yeah. like that. Kind of like talking dead. Yeah. Talking Brady. Exactly. They wanted talking to talk, Brady. talk, big love. And, uh, I just, I was just, I don't know how much, and they wanted to pay me a pittance. I was just like, that ain't worth it, you know. No, I, I'm not gonna do it for that, and so that never happened because they just didn't want to give me enough money. Fair enough. The, and you guys, and back right. then it was illegal. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. It was before it was decriminalized. Right, and and so we were principally based a lot in our decision for doing it. We wanted to show a a, a better side, and we talked about this in the other episode, but we wanted to show. That we were just normal times five, yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. and the joy and and all, that alternative families, it's not just yeah. gay. Yeah, there's there's other alternative families yeah. out there that are legitimate, and we yeah, wanted to show definitely. that we were a legitimate family. And well, that's um, what I was going to say. There's something that I really like about the show and um, from the, all the things that I've seen. You guys, obviously, I don't know the reality of it, but the way you guys come across in the show is that it's not 
five individual family. It's one big loving family. It's yeah. not like five cut up like this is that. Um, yeah. I, I think it, it shows quite a nice side of it. <laughs> it's like it's actually it seems like a really nice place. <laughs> well, <good. laughs> but then yeah. we succeeded because that's what we wanted. That was the effect that we wanted. Yeah, no, it definitely came across. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So that's the show. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah. And we're glad not to be doing it anymore. Yeah. So. And did you guys, I mean, I know that Cody and his show, they're still going, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And you guys didn't, did you guys break even like budget wise? Oh yeah. And that was kind of just both yeah, for both seasons. You like, you didn't have a surplus at the end and, and yeah, yeah. We had some savings at the end because I was okay. still working all the way through it. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. And so we actually saved everything. And then, and then as I, went away from the one profession of rough carpentry into my new profession and through college, then that savings came in handy. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. But you um, guys didn't just to like go back to something that you <coughs> just said, you said that about when you were first recording that uh, polygamy was illegal, mm-hmm. but what's the, it's illegal, but what happens? You can't get like, arrested. it's not illegal anymore. Like what's the offense? Yeah. But no, but back when it was, Okay, like, this is crazy. The... Yeah, okay. we didn't we didn't talk about this on the other episodes. Yeah, you. have you ever talked about it? Um, I think we've kind of we've loosely touched on it here and there, but we haven't really dove into the minutia of it. So and, it and, and it you was know, all criminalized. Like what's... Yeah, it was all criminalized. Yeah, it w- it was criminalized. Then it was decriminalized, and now it's not. And but what was criminalized changed a little bit. Okay, so, so the definition of the crime was a little bit fluid, almost. Yeah, so so it used to be cohabitation. Okay. That was, if, if you lived with someone, then it was illegal. Like, in a se- and had sex. That was the crime. Mm-hmm. So you're married. Which was really hard to prosecute, right? Because yeah. Sheriff well, yeah. Bill and Carl Malone and, <laughs> you know, everybody else who very clearly... Whereas shacking up yeah. and, and having babies and having sex, all of them. Bishop you know, Smith, mm-hmm. who's shacking up with his the Relief Society president. Yeah. Well, they should be prosecuted for cohabitation because they have this ongoing relationship. Yeah. Anyway, so that's when what was it. prosecuted, what happens? Can you, sir, do, do you get arrested? Do you have to pay a fine? Like what? You could be, for sure. What's the punishment? Yep. Um, you can get put in prison for it. Yeah, it was a felony. Whoa, I didn't know it was that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was a full-on felony. Felony, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then it was decriminalized for a time. And yeah. that actually came out in the show. Oh, yeah, that was during the show. Mm-hmm. There was an episode yeah. Yeah. When, it, when it was decriminalized. And much because of the efforts of Cody and his family, right? And, yeah. and then it was recriminalized. And, <laughs> but this time they got smart. And were able to exclude all of the people just having sex. And the crime was you purport to be married mm-hmm. when you're not. So, and, the, and oh. the way they would say this is you call her your wife. It, it would be illegal for me to call Noni my wife. Because you are not legally married That's to her. the crime. It's not that I'm cohabitating anymore or having sex or having, having sex, kids, having babies. You just call and claiming that she is your wife. is the I crime. call her wife inappropriately. I can go to jail. Holy shit. Really? For a, Whoa. for a, for a steeper felony offense 
than the cohabitation was. Really? Yes. Oh my god. What? Yes. So, <laughs> so ridiculous. I, listen, That's I went so up to, I went up to Capitol Hill in one of their subcommittee meetings and I go, "Let me get this right." Because they were going <laughs> to vote they were going to vote on this bill. Let me get this yeah. let me get this right. If I call my partner wife who is not my legal wife, then I can go to jail. But because I used an improper familial term, yeah, I called her wife instead of friend. Or partner. Or partner. Yeah. Or, um, uh, oh, geez, what's the term for someone you're having an illicit affair with? Mistress. Um, my mistress. mistress. I, I can refer to her as mistress, and I'm good. If I refer yeah, to her as wife, just... I'm going to go to jail. And I look at the committee chairman, and I look at all the there's ten committee people, all part of the Utah Congress. Yeah, I says, but when each of and I know they're all LDS. Yeah, when each of you go to church on Sunday, and you call Mister Smith Brother Smith, another familial term. Yeah, that's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. He's not your brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to jail, but I do have to go to jail because I used an improper familial term of wife. So it doesn't matter. It's that it was an improper familial term. Yeah. It's just if I call her wife. Yeah. So are you going to add that as a clause that to these, these are the improper familial terms, which at that point would just be a stupid thing to make into law anyway. Yeah. It's just, it was all yeah. idiocy Yeah. and it got passed. And it became illegal again. And then, and then it didn't last very long. Because people woke, well, not woke up, but yeah, like, and they're just, just like, like okay, oh, this, this is, is stupid. Yeah, this is dumb. This is really dumb. You know, there's so many alternative was, marriages out there. And now it's not illegal. Now it's, now it's less right. than a traffic ticket. When, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, what was it like the day that it did get decriminalized or you know not no longer what is so is it is it legal now or is it still a gray area or? It, well it's it's like speeding only yeah it's it's about like a okay. traffic ticket so but what was that like uh what did that mean for you and your family when you know suddenly it was like uh we don't have to be scared anymore we yeah. don't have to be well worried for all polygamists those. it was uh it was a re- relief day but for our family in particular and i would imagine cody's like who's the poster child? Who would be the first person put in jail? Yeah, who would be, be the you first and, person mm-hmm. caught? I mean, there's hours and hours and hours of proof against me where I called yeah. Noni wife, where I called Rosemary. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, your show is called My, my Five Wives. My Five Wives. <laughs> right. <laughs> the yeah. title so of your us, show. For us, it yeah. was it was dramatically a relief because yeah. now yeah. okay, now I'm not going to go to jail. Yeah, I remember uh, watching that episode, and it was. Didn't you have like an alert on your phone? Didn't you get a text from Cody or something like that? Or something. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, from what I remember. It was is, probably Cody sent me it. Like sent you something. Just a cool question for me. Is Cody another family member? So Cody is the, the star of Sister Wives, the other show on TLC, yeah. the other polygamy show. And uh-huh. Cody and I are pretty good friends. Yeah. So he texted okay. me as soon as he as soon as the verdict came down. So I got it. And news okay. flash. Yeah. And you guys had a, yeah. a quick prayer, yeah, expressing yeah. gratitude and yeah. stuff. I thought that was really sweet. That yeah. was cool. It was good. It was a good moment. And they cut it all on camera. Oh, that's so, all on camera. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. At least then that you got that. Yeah, I actually went to the producer and I go, "Hey, 
you probably want to catch this. This yeah. is this is big. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, That's oh, whoa. And he rallied all the cameramen from wherever they were shooting a film of Trey playing Access and Allies or something. <laughs> and got them all over there to let's let's catch this moment. Yeah. So when you mentioned that this is now like less than a traffic ticket, you don't have, do you have like a budget for like the tickets no. that you get in the mail? Do you get, ma- do you get tickets in the mail or anything like that? No? I don't have a budget for, for criminal infraction. No, yeah. I don't. So I, I think something that would be really cool to, cause we only sprinkly both, uh, sprinkly briefly spoke about it uh, when you were back in Montana, but your, your daily routine. I think that because mm. we went into a little bit more of the philosophy mm. and the mm. fundamentalism stuff. And we went a little bit deep when we first chatted. But mm. now I think it'd be kind of cool to just be like, okay, so what does your day look like? Like from beginning to end, because now I know that you're in a little bit more of a health kick yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. So can you give Fraser and I a quick rundown of what does Brady's day look like mm. with five wives? People are going to think I'm pretty crazy. <laughs> I, I am pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay, so... Like from the time I wake up, let's the time yeah, I go to bed. let's do it. Yeah, okay. yeah, the whole thing. All right, I wake up at three thirty every morning, and and I whoa, am... hang on, let's go back a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think your day should. I think your I'm day. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> this can be verified by you know thirty-one I go to different bed people. at around three thirty most nights. <laughs> so I think something that should be said is that your day doesn't start at three thirty in the morning. Your day starts eight p.m. the previous night. What do you, what do you mean? Like when you go to bed. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? No. No? Okay. So, like, the fact that you wake up at 3.30, yeah. it doesn't seem like your day starts there. Your day starts when you go to bed because like, you have to get ready. Well, my day never day. ends. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It's interrupted by sleep. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's inter- <laughs> Sleep is an interruption. <laughs> That's a funny way to think about it. <laughs> so, so okay. 3.30. Yeah, 3.30 in the morning, I get up, and I, and I, I have an alarm set, but I'm always awake right before yeah know? so i don't get aw- awakened by my alarm but um 3 30 i immediately go in and i i have a broken body so i go in and sit down in my how detailed do you want as, as detailed as you want to give us as okay. de- this is this is great but actually wait just to go back to that last one what time do you usually get to bed eight on a normal day if you're awake at eight o'clock you are you're in bed or you're asleep by eight i'm i'm in bed between seven thirty and eight and i try to get to sleep by eight to eight thirty, sometimes it pushes wow. to nine. You know, so wow. Um, Fair enough. Okay. That very was- rarely, if I'm in the middle of a discussion or something or yeah. Yeah. A talk, I need to stay up later. I will. But um, so mm-hmm. three thirty, get up, go sit in my massage chair to try to get my old bones moving, and then um, by four, I'm working out and I exercise. I'm on a pretty strict health. Regimen to anybody is if, that if you're on is YouTube, that what you wanted to do or is that a regimen that your wives have put you on? Oh no, <laughs> no, it's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, I was just sick of I was sick of having high blood pressure. I was sick of the you know the ulcers. I was sick of being fat. You know, I've lost a lot of weight since the show. I'm congratulations forty five pounds down. You know, and I'm pretty fit now. And, oh, uh, awesome! Where I wasn't before. I mean, I was strong from. I was construction strong, yeah, but I wasn't fit. Now I'm pretty fit. And I mean, dude, you had five wives. I mean, you must get the cardio in, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I work out for an hour, then I hop in the sauna and I sauna for mm-hmm. um, half hour, and then uh, you know go get the coffee and and, uh, 
head off to work. Um, so I, you know, so what I get, time is I, that? So I, I, I get ready. By the time I've saunaed, and then so I sit in an infrared sauna, and that's pretty, and it's sweat, and that's great. I walk around mm-hmm. the yard, um, get dressed. Oh, and then I go around, and I say good morning, right? So I get my coffee. I'm getting ready to go, and I go to each wife and uh, go into her room, say good morning, give her a kiss, head out. All right, so every wife I wow. say a good morning to. Every morning. Every single morning. And then mm-hmm. um, commute to work. I go to work. Um, when I get to work, I do, um, oh, I also meditate for a half hour every single morning. Sorry. At what point in your morning routine do you meditate? Sauna time. When you're in the sauna is when you meditate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll do a, a, a meditation in the sauna. Is it like a guided meditation? Is it more just like you sit and ponder and think and just get ready for the day kind of idea? Or is it like a specific thing that you meditate on? Um, so I have a... And we could do a whole episode on what I do. My, I got my, time, Brady. My, 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 <laughs> I'm here all week. Oh, I'm saying just what I get up to in the sauna. <laughs> my, my, yeah, my whole meditative practice it has been years and years in the making. Like, um, uh, so I found meditation when I was 12. This might be a really good side note. Yeah, let's do it. So I found meditation on my own when I was 12 because I was this good little Mormon boy Mm -hmm. who just was desperate not to go to hell. Well, what does every 12-year-old, 13-year-old pubescent Mormon boy do? He sits there at night dreaming of boobs, mm-hmm. whacking it off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. Well, I didn't, and I knew that I would go to hell if I did. And so I would, like any red-blooded young man, yeah. you know, I'd sit there and dream about boobs. Yeah. And, uh, and I was so guilt-ridden, and I know every Mormon kid can relate to this. Can you relate to this? Oh, Chris? my God, Brady. Okay. <laughs> can I relate to this? <laughs> Join the masses, right? Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so I was just like everybody. Fra- Fraser can't relate to this, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't. So, no, you weren't a good. No, so. so you were healthy. Me and Chris were not healthy. Okay? And, and everybody listening yeah, to Yeah, maybe, this, but my eternal soul was pretty fucked when I was about eight. <laughs> like it was, it wasn't getting, I wasn't getting into heaven anytime soon. But I, for whatever, you know, I was so relentless in trying to control myself, control my thoughts, because I had my personal mm-hmm. priesthood interview that I wanted to pass. And I would, You're about and to I, be ordained as a deacon. Right, and yeah. I couldn't, you know, I knew I'd be asked if I was masturbating. Mm-hmm. Or if I had impure thoughts. Yeah. Wait, wait, hang on. Wait, they ask you, have you messed up? Oh, dude, it's so freaking messed up. It's, it's, it's bullshit, dude. Yeah. It, they it's see bad. a grown adult yes. sits you down and asks you mm-hmm. point blank in the face, have you been whacking it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. But, okay. Before, listen, listen, we could yeah. just sew down this rabbit hole because then I became a bishop later and a. Yeah. And a you know, a seventy. You have to be the one asking the and questions. And then I'm asking these questions, <laughs> and I just wouldn't do it. I just I, fair enough. Yeah, I just I was just like, eh, what's the I ain't point asking there. a question to which you already know the answer? But then you know, I would have. Oh my gosh, I don't know how far you. Yeah, hey, go, hey but, Brady, the, the, you the have rabbit a, hole is deep. And if you're gonna dance with the devil, Brady, you might as well make him a friend. <laughs> exactly, let's do it, man. I mean, like I said, I got all day, Brady. No, I, I would have people come to me because there's a 
in order to go to the temple endowment house endowment house you had to pass two stages of interviews one with the mm-hmm. one with your bishop and one with the president of the area and i would have <laughs> uh, i have so many stories but let's just go with one okay um the the president or a woman in her 50s comes to me and says i i don't know how to approach this but um, I felt really uncomfortable with the interview I went through with President, um, quote unquote. And he was asking me if I do any kinky stuff with my husband. And, you know, and, and if I masturbate. And I was just like, well, here's oh, a 50 something year old woman. And I, the, the president, that, it was so wildly inappropriate. And then That's I'd just, hear about it again, and then I'd hear it about it again, and I from go, various women. Yes. Oh my God, dude! Coming in oh and asking God. me, is it? I just felt so uncomfortable. But I, I, I go, what do you mean by kinky? Well, are, is he trying to do it like from behind or anything? Or oh like, my, they would like, get that specific. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Does he ever ask oh, you to do anything? Man. You know, with you know <laughs> this body part or that? And I'm just like, whoa, okay, no. You don't need to answer that. You know, I'm not, I am not surprised at oh, all. Oh, he's getting his jollies. Well, I mean, yeah. To- yeah. Totally. Why? Like, I, I that's, mean, yeah. He's, he's getting off on he's the, accumulating. The, power, the power that he can ask these questions that yep. make them scared and make them uncomfortable. It's like, now you have to tell me yeah. because of the authority I have over you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what I think number one is. And then number two, he's getting off on it. Well, I mean, he's accumulating something for the spank bank Definitely. later. Like, that's what's going on. Yeah. God, yeah. that's so disgusting. Getting ideas. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I think the church has gone away from these uh, solo interviews. Oh, the good. The LDS church. I, don't have, I doubt the AEB has gone away from it. Yeah. But I know that LDS church has because so many, th- like, lawsuits and, like, well, I mean, it's, you, it's, you have my son or my daughter in a room alone with a blatant. 40-year-old bishop. It's blatant harassment. Like, and that's you, ridiculous. You can't ask those questions. That's just wrong. No. Yeah. So... Back on task, though. So, um, <laughs> so I call it the the booby meditation because <laughs> I am invested. Here we go. I'm Twelve or thirteen. All of a Chris sudden, Chris and Fraser have entered the chat. <laughs> as as I'm trying to to get boobs out of my mind, I, I stumble upon this idea, and now it's. As I've researched it, it's actually a legitimate meditation that people use. Okay. But I would see this this circle and a, and a light going, <laughs> you guys are laughing. It's not dirty right now. Okay. We, we're immature, Brady. I would. We're, we're already in a spot that's, we're not going to, we're not going through the. I, know, house we're, I know we're talking about boobs right now, so I'm, gi- I'm giddy. <laughs> but to get the boobs out of my teenage mind, I would try to make this light you know, dot of light go around this circle and be able to control it with my mind. And I came, became completely distracted by it. And okay, I, so I would find myself doing this for an hour or two until I finally fell asleep. Okay. And instead of, instead of having all these pornographic thoughts, I would yeah. have meditation. Mm-hmm. And, and then also I would do like disorientation where I would, I would lay there in the bed and inst- and to try to distract myself away from thinking about girls, I would reorient myself in the bed in my mind and completely mm-hmm. convince myself that 
the door was now at my head instead of at my, my feet. feet. Okay. And and then I would fall as- and then I would open my eyes and go and get shocked back into reality. And it was awesome. Okay. And honestly, it really helped my mental discipline. Yeah. It really really did. And I will say, I mean, I I've spoken to lots of men and young men who have had this same experience with guilt and stuff and yeah. and masturbation and thoughts and I did not struggle as much as them because I would every night I'd go there you'd have to I'd go to because you were so guilt ridden so did you masturbate at all I was just about to ask no, okay when I've told my friends this... We're all men here, Brady. They, we're all <laughs> Listen, no, 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 no. They we're cry bullshit. <laughs> okay. But, I, but I'm telling you, and I, I'm not oh exaggerating, twice. Total. Yes. N- fuck I, off. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I do dude, not. Dude, I was the wet dream king. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> oh, my God. And... and uh, it, oh, now it does think that on your Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> Wet dream king. And, oh, that's uh, amazing. That's that's how my body handled it. Holy shit! No way. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question. Now that we're there, did you feel guilt about that? The wet dream. King? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. So you there was no, no respite from not, this guilt. That's I, nothing to do with you though. That's your. Well, you just. Dis- I mean, it's so screwed up. It's what, such a weird place to be. Not just Mormonism. Yeah. I mean, this whole idea, Western religion, you know, Christianity, yeah. fundamentalist Christianity, what we were talking about, fundamentalism. Yeah. Fundamentalism is, it sucks, yeah. right? It's so bad. It teaches you to be so guilty, to decide, to objectify your own genitals, right? Yeah. You, you can't even, it's not, it's not me. That's my dick. Yes. Yep. And so, yep. you, and oh my a God. Lot of, it's a, it's a, it's a major problem that many people will, you just you have to keep working my through mind right now. You know, I, I'm, I think I've removed myself so far away that I still get surprised by this stuff. But if you were to ask me, or we had this conversation, like, you know, probably eight years ago, I'd have been like, oh yeah, no, I, I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I do, but like, it, I'm still so far away from it to now. I'm just like, oh my God, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember these feelings of guilt and just being so deep in this idea of like shame. Oh yeah. Oh, well, and I, you know, I mean, so like far away kid. from, dude, at my school, we had boast about it. You'd <laughs> be like, dude, I cracked it four times last night. <laughs> oh, no, God. you know, I mean, I would be so ashamed because, you know, I remember I remember reading the dictionary at school and for some reason I was in the bees and I see breast wang, you know, erection, you know, <laughs> 13 year old and you're just like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to hell. Do I need to admit this to the Bishop? <laughs> you know, it was so bad. <laughs> anyway, testosterone is Kristen, mean. you tell me that they don't they try and tell you that just just imagine that Joseph Smith's watching you or, or just imagine that someone's watching Dude, you. Dude, okay, so no 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 the Be- spoon is just an absolute bone kill. <laughs> you you got the spoon talk. Right? We've yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was very fortunate to have a guest on the show talk about the spoon story. Um which I, I knew it will, it will come up and just, it's just one of those stories that orbits this podcast from now on. It's, it's, too it's, many people know. Of it. Too many people know about it. I've told you about the wooden spoon story, right, Fraser? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So no, no. But what your your question? First, when you Fraser, said spoon, I was like, what? Well, as soon as you said wooden spoon, yeah, I remember. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, so no, your question of like, if you are having impure thoughts, just imagine that like Joseph Smith is watching you or God is watching you. There are so many different avenues and like pseudo solutions to try and like. I mean, you were talking about like, well, I mean, now I need to th I need to think that the door is at my feet now because I, I mm -hmm. can't do anything else or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember being told by not by my dad. Um, but by like older, like my friends as older siblings who are trying to stay on the straight mm -hmm. and narrow or, you know, Sunday school teachers or, or, you know, on scout trips or camping mm -hmm. trips or whatever, the things that they would try to come up with for a solution was just horseshit. Oh, the bouncing of the eyes. <sighs> yes. The bouncing. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to explain? Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, you yeah. know, you're on eye level with someone and, um, there's, there's titties not too far below the eye level. So you're having a conversation mm -hmm. with a woman, right? And you can't even see them in your periphery. So you, you got to bounce your eyes and just go from their eyeballs up instead of their eyeballs down. <laughs> Otherwise you might partake of the curve. Yes. And you can't resist that as a man. And I think that something, I'm so glad we're talking about this now <laughs> because oh, me too. That is so effed up. It's so, it's so effed up because For the guy. It's, it, there's so much. And I don't think a lot of the women understand that what the men go through with that. But I do think that conversely an equal part on the other side with the authoritative nature of guilting women into being shameful about their bodies because they're. It, like if they get harassed or people try to like, you know, touch them or whatever, it's their fault. Oh, a woman. that's rape culture. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, yeah. and uh, on a very serious note, yeah. that is a real thing. Yes. It's the objectification of mm -hmm. women and then we blame them. And one of your uncles gave yeah. his cool little talk about how he, it's so bad if teenage girls or even any woman wears a sweater because he can't resist his thoughts when yep. he sees a woman and I'm like from a sweater. Yeah. Because Dude. you can see the curve. They want it completely androgynous, right? So you need to wear non form fitting dresses so that I'm not tempted. Yep. And I'm just like, dude, I'm never bringing my daughter around you. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. seriously, you can't resist. I don't want my daughter anywhere near you. Yeah. You know that if you see a curve of her breast or hip, you're going to go home and jack off to it. Really? It's so unhealthy. I, well, and it's, and the culture's created it. Mm -hmm. Like society has created it. Yeah. The, the, this objectification of the female form, it, it's not just Mormonism. No, it's not the no. AUB. It, it is everywhere. Yeah. Go, you know, the fact that you can't see a breast without getting crazy about it in America, it's just stupid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go, mm -hmm. go spend a couple summers in Scandinavia and get healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, <laughs> because the fact that you can't see a boob without getting, hot yeah is is stupid it's so dumb yeah a naked body doesn't automatically mean sex no and it shouldn't but yeah. in america it does it is yeah um and certainly in fundamentalist cultures it it's all too common yeah and it sucks and i'm glad that there's you know you know shining light on what goes through a dude's brain guilt wise because it's mm. not like, you know, we're just sitting back and being like, yeah, oh, it's all these women's fault. We're just having this great time, you know, irresistibly looking at boobs and all this stuff. It's not like that. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you are having this, you know, objectively biological urge mm -hmm. and you cannot control it. I mean, you found a way to at least kind of control it mm -hmm. um, more than anybody that I've ever heard, certainly. But 
By just embracing wet dreams. By just embracing... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wet dream king. Wet dream king. <laughs> uh, man, that was about a 25-minute derailment. We were I talking about dicks and boobs and about. stuff. But I oh, do... meditation. Practice. Yeah, and then also... Yeah. Your routine, because we haven't gotten to noon yet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> anyway, I go to work, and then at work, you know, I plan my day, I read, and and I think this is pretty cool. I set aside time to think, where you and I just think. That's very, very good. Yeah, I set a I set my pen to paper with a dot, and I just prompt myself to think, and and usually I have a leading question of what I'm going to think about. Like, it, does that question change day to day? Oh, yeah. It, okay. Yeah, or it might be a follow-up to the oh. previous day, so thematic. And, and a lot okay. of times it'll be about work. It might okay. be about a mm. personal issue, whatever. But I think. and That's uh, so important, I think, for every single person. I agree. I, yeah. To take 100%. that time and think. It's yeah. so important. Yep, meditation. Well, I think exercise. I think, I think mm-hmm. thinking. I think meditating. Um, but so I think, and then I get into my day and I, I use Gary Keller's one thing a lot. If okay. listeners try Gary yeah. Keller, the book, the one thing, you know, what's the mm-hmm. one thing I can do today such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. Yeah. And I just do that mm-hmm. through the day and I work, um, by the four thirty or so I close out my day by planning the next day mm-hmm. so that the next day is already planned out and taken care of. of yep my to-do list for the next preemptive done. gotcha yep. so i close out the day that way so that when i go home at five o'clock and i i literally will write my day out by the hour every single it feels day. like it seems like that would be the only way to including the weekends you'll write your day out yes i do i i write it out by the hour now i'll block out like on the weekends i'll block out okay so from nine till four family time mm. Whatever, and then, and whatever just, that means. I'm just free. Whatever that means. Is it mowing the lawn with the kids? Is it playing croquet? Is it sitting around? Is it going camping? What, whatever it is. But yeah. I plan it. It's all intentional. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then, so on a regular day, though, 5 o'clock. So I get home by, my commute's about a half hour. I get home, and at 5 o'clock is family time. And I am present for my there. family. Yeah. yeah. And I have my affirmations, by the way, that I do. I do these positive a- mental affirmations that, and this is one of them. You know, I am a, I am a present father and friend. Yeah, is one of the affirmations I go through, and I could go through all those if you wanted. But. Sure. So, do you? I, I don't want to get too far away from it, but I also think that you're like what you were explaining to me a few weeks ago or last week um, when we when we were chatting mm-hmm. off mic um, about you, like your little uh, pillar system of like your priorities in your life oh, and all yeah, that the stuff. Different I think silos of my the life. silos. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking of. Like, can, do you mind? Uh, kind of hashing through that again yeah so i have the my personal development it, these are all the different things that i really want to work on or that are important to me and my personal aspect of self which is my body mm-hmm. my mind you know my emotions and your my, objective experience or your subjective experience yeah so okay. I, you know i'm working on my physical health yeah i'm working on my mental health mm-hmm. i'm working on my emotional health and my spiritual health so those four aspects of self. And then I have different modalities within each that, okay. I, um, that I'm very intentional about. When I, how I eat. You know, I eat no grains. I eat, you know. You're no grains. Nothing. Zero. No, no, no grain in my life. You know, I don't eat any vegetable oil. None. None. I, and 
I eat very, no sugar, period. No sugar product at all. And then no, um, or very little dairy. I use some garnishment of cheese and I use pure organic grass-fed butter yeah. in my coffee. Where do you get your sugar from though? From, from fruits? Yeah, my carbs I get from sugar. vegetables and berries. Yeah. And, mm. uh, and it's cured me. I mean, I know it's anecdotal, but I've had high blood pressure since I was 12. I am off. Mm-hmm. My blood pressure just the other day was 117 over 74. Well, do you think it's because now you're masturbating more often? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's got five no, wives. I don't have to masturbate. I'm kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> death of a would-be king. <laughs> that's, that's actually death of the, of the, the booby king. The death of the wet dream king. The wet dream king is dead. He doesn't, he doesn't have to anymore. So... Um, and then so I, you have your physical that's physical. one that's one silo and yeah okay. and then emotional you know i i meditate a lot and i i do a lot of affirmations i sit and think about my emotions and i try to discipline myself and be really clear and open and honest with myself and allow myself to feel in the appropriate way right like i'll feel grief i'll feel joy i'll feel anger but without having to be reactive to it um yeah so, you know, I'm Chris, as a mental that. health counselor yourself, this must be your wet dream. It's someone who can actually do this on their own. Hey, look, as opposed to listen. bad times, you must be like, guys, can't you fucking do this? No, here's the thing. If I'm having wet dreams about my work, there's a problem. <laughs> so good point. Good point. Uh, but yeah, no, fair point. No, I, I, from, from a work perspective, I think this is, I mean, obviously I'm juiced on it cause it's like mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and with my grad program and everything that I'm getting into too, this is like really awesome stuff to, to have for future reference and, and, and that kind of thing. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so the personal silo is me working on me. Yeah. And then I have the world. It's, it's all my business relationships. It's, you know, it's how I wealth. Sure. It's, um, it's anything I'm doing charity wise, you know, that I'm working on a philanthropic thing. Yeah. So in my interaction with the world at large and then, um, and I do a lot there, obviously, you know, yeah. businessman and philanthropy. And then, um, and then I have my family and friends that I work on and all of this every and single day. Is the family and friends part of the world silo or is that no, a separate it's silo? A, it's its own silo. So, so we have three personal, personal, no, there's four, four personal, world family and friends relationships my five wives okay gotcha okay so the family and friends and are you sure you don't want one more silo and then you can have another spin-off called my five silos <laughs> my five silos <laughs> sounds like a book um you know and and i'm really bad at friends i i've just it's not a priority you know you got a lot going my on my friends i suck yeah you know i, I just don't and that's okay you know, I, I don't mind. I'm probably not a very good sibling either. Yeah. You know, um, but when we're around, we're around, you know, mm-hmm. but, but my priority, most of my time is caught up in my family. Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, that's my, that's my moving force. And that may change a little bit as I don't have to take care of the day-to-day needs of so many kids as they move out, you know, it's getting easier and easier, but. How many kids do you still have uh, living with you now? Well, that fluctuates. I'm about to lose three out of the home are moving out soon. Um, but I think right now there's probably 15 at home, maybe 14. Okay. So 15, 
14 or 15 kids. How many, how many kids do you have all together now? 25. You have 25. Nine, uh, nine grandkids? Married. Huh? Oh, four, four do grandkids. Do you have any grandkids? Four grandkids okay. and one on one about to come. Yeah, in, that's in right. October. Oh, yeah. Lauren's going to yeah. have oh, Congratulations. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she's little girl's going to be coming. Oh, that's We're so sweet. excited. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super excited. So five grandkids and I don't think anymore on the way, but maybe. Yeah. They haven't maybe. told you yet. What about, so. any, what about any more kids? Are you done with your kids now? Yeah. 25. We went, snip, that's snip, it. Done. 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 Oh, you, you got had, snip, snip. Yeah. Snip, Good. Snip. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> took care of that uh, a couple of years ago. So I've, this is something that I've kind of noticed about men getting the surgery. Uh-huh. It, it, it seems to be like you fall into one of two camps. Um, this is just my experience and I, I'm more than willing to be wrong about this, but it seems as though when a guy gets the vasectomy, it's like this, like, well, it's basically castrating me and I'm not a man anymore. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to be a man if I can't make babies or whatever? Right. So that's one side. And then the other side is like, dude, I don't have to worry about babies anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on that side. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I have uh, replenished the earth plenty. <laughs> There, there needs to be no more replenishment. Do you, do you know that quote? I have laid my seed <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a the biblical edict uh, I, what, I have yeah. fulfilled. Uh, yeah, multiply yeah. and replenish the Multiply earth, and right? replenish the earth. That's, yeah. As Adam did. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I multiplied and replenished. Yeah. Was that a priority for you when you were still in the AUB and all that stuff? He's like, you know what? Crank them out. No. No. It was, was just that. No. It, um, I. I've come to find, and I kept finding out that I was a little bit different okay. sheep in there. Yeah. I was a sheep, but I was a different sheep. You know, I would keep being surprised by like um, people saying, you know, you don't marry for love. You marry because you're designing your family. And I was just like, wait, what? You know, and we talked about yeah. this yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit, but uh, that is a very, 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 very dominant theme that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice if you love them. But you're not. But the most important, yeah. The most important thing is testimony, and you're building a family. Yeah. yeah. Why? So that you yeah. can have righteous seed. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Mm. It's really weird. And I was just like, oh, sound very right. Yeah. You know, shouldn't you really love? Well, I mean, them count your blessings. You how incredibly lucky you got that you found five, you know, lovely ladies who you genuinely fell in love with, instead of that kind of thought of, well, I need to get the numbers up. Oh, I know. Amen. I mean. The, the fact that I, I'm desperately in love. Like people, a lot of people mm-hmm. cry bullshit. And there's, oh, he's just saying that because he... You whatever. just want to have sex more yeah, and stuff. Or, yeah, or whatever. Or I'm just saying that so that I don't let on that it's actually as hard as it is. And I said, well, no, it's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. a really difficult yeah. lifestyle, but I love them. Like, I, like yeah. I'm Twitter-pated. You know, the whole... You're giddy mm-hmm. around them. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I was that before I married them or I wouldn't have married them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, why? If you don't have chemistry, if you don't, why? You wouldn't have really, a successful you marriage. Really, you want to tether yourselves yeah. together for eternity exactly. if did you, without that? Did you grow up telling yourself uh, five is my number of wives or did you have, because like we've covered a couple of times now on, on uh, episodes of Chris, Chris told himself that he was three growing up did you have a number in your mind or was it just like, i'm gonna see where it goes and it just ha- you happened to land on five well i didn't grow up in polygamy i grew up in oh you no, didn't no i grew up mainstream lds con- oh yeah then you guys converted, yeah, converted yeah, to polygamy when i was 
almost yeah. well when I was 16 and then, yep. but once I was in it, I mm-hmm. never had a, I'm going to have this many, I, mm-hmm. you know, and in fact, after the first one, I, I got married quick after, yeah. but I, I didn't hunt my wives. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate in that. They all expressed interest in you first. They all expressed interest in me first. So I, did, when I didn't you met go out your, looking for a wife. When you met your first wife, which is um, Polly. What's, what's Polly? Wife number one? Polly. Okay. It's funny that um, you asked me. You guys, <laughs> just barely like, I, Chris, Chris, <laughs> what, what's it? I know he's right here, but I don't but know. I don't why know. I turned to you. Because I like testing you. He's right you know, there. We, 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 we used to play a game. We, we played a game once in my flat in China where I had a whiteboard on my, on my wall. And it was like, okay, right. Name all your cousins go and I'd like time him and you would always forget like one I would always, always one, forget one would, so what the and he tried it a few times no, no, it, was your always, kids. it was always oh, different yeah. of your kids oh my kids okay. because yeah. we were watching we were watching clips of my five wives and I was just like okay right three two one go how many and well it would it'd be funny too because we'd be watching your show <laughs> and yeah. ran at random I'm, we're sitting there drinking Jameson mm-hmm. you know just having a good time just yeah. you know chilling in the evening and then at random points Fraser would just like hit his space bar on the laptop and be like all right name everyone in the frame <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, all right, okay. So, um, then, da, 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 da. <laughs> so, so when, so when you uh, was getting married to your first wife, yeah. uh, did she already know that? Uh, okay, this doesn't end at you. Like, there are co- more coming. Yeah, because all of your all you your wives grew up one? in polygamy and knew that they were going to live. They all polygamy, grew up right? in polygamy, yeah, right? They all did, yeah. So they already kind of knew what was up. Of course, that, yeah. Um, they 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 figured they would live. That was part of the deal. Their husband would have more than one wife. So when you met your second wife, I'm only going kind of earlier on because obviously this would have been like all new and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, when you met your second wife, was it, did you go on a date with your first wife to kind of make sure she kind of gave the okay or anything? Like, does that kind of thing work? Yeah, that sure. you kind of want to make sure that they're friends and. Yeah. Yeah. And Good. they would come over and we'd eat dinner together. We'd go out together on dates Mm -hmm. and i would also take them on an individual date right just to see if the chemistry was there between us individually Mm -hmm. as well so yes both when you met a new wife or or someone i take back so before they were wives when you met someone who you thought maybe this is wife potential did you ever meet someone on your own and then have to go back to the other wives and just say guys i met someone and they're like super excited or like what's that conversation no most of the time it was um Hey idiot! Can't you tell she likes you? And I go, she did not. She was totally, wow. she was totally flirting with you. And I was like, ah, okay. I don't let me so. see. Let me tell you how that conversation would have gone with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think that girl liked you. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, she did. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Bitch. <laughs> no. Uh, no. That. Yeah. Like. Like Rhonda. I was just like, mm, I don't think she really does. And there was just, oh please, Brady. Of course. I mean. Didn't you see how she was being? And I was like, mm, yeah, but I think she's just being friendly. You know, Rhonda, she's friendly. Yeah. But um, I never went out and, like, was looking for another wife. Yeah. I never was. Yeah. You were just that charismatic. Look at you uh, go. I don't know. I just. You're a total catch, Brady. I think I was just fresh blood. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I was someone yeah. they weren't related to. They assure me that's not the case, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 